Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, opening day is on Thursday. The exhibition season's over and the waiting is over. Hello, everyone. I'm Lane Grindle. Welcome to Brewers on Tap. It is great to have you with us for episode number 110. And we are on the eve of opening day. Baseball that counts is on deck. The biggest topics these past few days have, of course, been in regard to those final few spots on the Brewers' opening day 25-man roster. And, of course... It bears repeating throughout the broadcast today. 25-man roster literally changed within 24 hours in each of the last two seasons. In 2016, Ariel Pena was sent down. Taylor Youngman was sent down last year uh, quickly after the opening day. So uh, the Brewers will likely be making plenty of changes to this roster over the course of the season. A lot of guys will get used. Probably double the amount on the opening day roster will be used at some point over the course of the season. However... It is symbolic. Everybody likes the honor of being on the opening day roster, and it provides a lot of intrigue over the course of spring training and the exhibition season. So we've been pretty locked into this. But just remember, again, it bears repeating, 25-man roster is going to change, and it might change within the first week to two weeks. So just because you aren't on the opening day roster, if you're a Brewers player on the bubble right now, that doesn't mean you won't have a tremendous impact on the 2018 club. And as we stand right now, it looks like the Brewers are still considering five players for three spots. This, of course, barring any kind of outside move in the next day or some sort of injury that would pop up that nobody's aware of. We figure one bench spot and two spots in the bullpen probably left right now for this team. That leaves Jesus Aguilar and G-Man Choi for the bench spot, while Taylor Williams, Oliver Drake, and J.J. Hoover battle it out for the final two spots in the pin. Here's the thing to consider. Oliver Drake is out of options, as is Aguilar, and the Brewers have talked at length about preserving depth throughout camp, and one would think that that means Aguilar and Drake probably at least have a leg up for two of those three spots. That would leave Williams and Hoover for the final spot in the pin. With the release of Giovanni Gallardo and a potential 60-day DL stint for Jimmy Nelson looming, the Brewers have space on the 40-man roster to add J.J. Hoover, who's, of course, on a minor league deal. So they can add him to the roster if they would choose to. Williams has options remaining, so the Brewers can send him to Colorado Springs or Biloxi without the risk of exposing him to waivers. And, of course, G-Man Choi is also on a minor league deal, so the Brewers don't have to risk losing him to waivers. They could send him to AAA Colorado Springs should he choose to accept that assignment. So this is all kind of confusing, And it can get that way at times, but it is starting to clear up in terms of the picture right now by the time Thursday rolls around and opening day is here. Choi has had a great spring. He's done everything a guy can do to try and win a spot. However, the Brewers can likely just stash him in AAA until they have a need at the big league level. Buckle up, because again, it's going to be very interesting here in San Diego over the next 24 hours. The Brewers wrapped up the exhibition season on Monday and Tuesday in Houston against the Astros. They dropped both contests. Brent Suter pitched very well on Monday in his final tune-up before his Saturday start against the Padres. Suter had good cut on his fastball, 
and limited the defending world champs to just a run over five innings. He struck out seven as well. Suter and Woodruff, Brandon Woodruff that is, were two of the later names to learn their fate on the Brewers' 25-man roster. And rounding out the rotation will be those two guys. Woodruff's going to begin the bullpen for the first week or so before a fifth starter is actually needed. And I had a chance to catch up with him in Houston. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, in 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was um, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in. Uh, trying to do too much. Now for the Clubhouse Conversation. Brandon Woodruff is our guest here from Houston on the Brewers on Tap podcast. Brandon, first off, congratulations. You you make the opening day roster, which uh, that, that just has to be a, a really cool thing. When you got the news, what was your reaction? Um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely a special special thing, you know, making the first opening day. But, um, you know, I go into the office and uh, Craig and David are in there and they, they give me the news. And, you know, I wanted to, to get really excited, but, um, you know, just held it in and, uh, you know, just told them, you know, thank you and uh, told them I'm ready to get to work. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it's pretty cool. So then I, you know, called my wife and my, and my parents and it was pretty special. So You've been really on a, a pretty fast track mm-hmm. dating back to the beginning of the 16th season. You were in high A, not there very long, double mm-hmm. A, had the great year. Uh, on the field and then come back last year you weren't even in big league camp last year in spring training end up making your debut albeit a little bit delayed Mm -hmm. um, finally in August and and having those those strong starts down the stretch and so this was your first big league camp did did that really register with you much did you think about that much uh you know a little bit um just having the opportunity to come in and compete for a job was you know, not not everybody gets to do that, but uh, yeah, just just getting the experience and uh, you know seeing the day to day operations that go along with being in big league camp for the first time, and uh, just getting my work in and uh, getting to see the see the big league hitters leading up leading up to the season. It was uh, it was definitely definitely fun and uh, got me prepared for sure. Was uh, having that be the, really the first experience that you had competing for a job at the major league level in camp? Was it hard not to put too much pressure on yourself each time you went out on the mound, or, or you know, um, did, did other guys help you kind of get through that part of it? I, you know, it's you you have it in the back of your mind. You know, you're competing for a job, but honestly, just coming to the ballpark with, with a good attitude every day, and and when you're pitching, honestly, there's there's nothing on my mind but set competing and trying to get that guy out, and and uh, you know, whatever happens happens. You know, you just go out and and play the game of baseball and. And at the end of the day, you know, if you if you give it your all, then that's all you can ask for. So uh, that's that's all I tried to focus on was going out and competing every day, and, and especially when I got you know my chance on the mound, and uh, and good thing it, it worked out. So, yeah, look, you play baseball for a living, and I, I think everybody understands that's a that's a really cool thing. You get that; that's not lost on you. But that doesn't mean it's not without stress yeah. and not without its own uh, set of circumstances. And one of those was you you had to figure out. A place to live in Colorado Springs yeah. and a place to live in Milwaukee. Yeah. As you were waiting to see you know, which team you were going to break with, how how stressful was that at times? Uh, I tell you, I, I, I put a lot of that on my wife. Uh, she she handles it and she takes that stress off of me. So, 
she does she had a, she had a place lined up in in both places so i didn't have to worry about that that was the last thing that was on my mind so very thankful for her and you know all that she does does for us and uh but yeah she had a place lined up in milwaukee and um, colorado springs so I, I had nothing to worry about in that department just go out and and play baseball getting that first exposure to big league hitters last year what did you take from that into the offseason and what you really work on to come back for 2018 um you know i would say honestly if i learned real quick if you know they're they're big league hitters they're really good but if you make your pitches, it's you know it's it's still hard to hit, and uh, I think just realizing that and being more consistent. I think coming in this year, adding adding another pitch, um, adding a curveball, and and uh, just trying to build off that to give them a different look. But um, honestly, just just working on uh, cleaning up my mechanics a little bit, being more consistent because that's the main thing is just is putting the ball where you want to, you know, a lot of the times and. I think if you can do that really well, then uh, you know over the over the long haul, it'll it'll, it'll benefit you. When you add a curveball, it's probably not the first time you've yeah. gripped a baseball and, and, and gone out and, and thrown a curve. But when you say, "Hey, I'm going to add this to my repertoire," mm-hmm. so to speak, do you put research into it and, and figure out, okay, this is the grip I want to use, this is the curveball I want to throw? Yeah. So last year, I think you know my time here. I guess dur- during September, I was you know messing around with it a little bit, talking to Davies and Chase and. And, and, and DJ about it and just trying to figure out what's a comfortable grip and you know just because my arm slot's not over the top it's more three quarters so for me to get in front of the baseball I got to figure out a grip that works for me and I think uh, you know still messing with it but um, you know it's it's a work in progress and I'm very happy with you know I threw it this spring uh, a few times and, and had some good results with it so I, I think it's just all about figuring out the right grip and stuff you know to go along with my arm slot. Your fastball looked like it had good life, good mm-hmm. movement for the most part yeah. this spring. Did you feel confident in it? Yeah, um, you know that's that's my that's my bread and butter. That's my pitch, and uh, um, you know, if, when in doubt, that's that's usually what I go to. And 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 uh, yeah, if with that pitch, if I can just you know nine times out of ten put it where I want to, I think good things are going to happen. So uh, yeah, that's that's definitely my best pitch that I have to offer. I remember last spring you and I talking, and you talked about the emergence of your slider, especially mm-hmm. to, to getting it to the, the back foot of like yeah. left-handed hitters yeah. and how that really helped you mm-hmm. take that next step back in 2016. Yeah. Is that still going to be just as important moving forward, even with the curveball? Of course. Uh, I think that, you know, the slider is going to be a, a huge pitch for me because, um, you know, it's I want it to be more late-breaking. And, of course, if you can get it to both sides of the plate, that helps out a ton. But I think the spring of – been working with DJ a little bit on uh, you know tightening it up a little bit, making it a little sharper and lighter, uh, making it look more like my fastball for you know, a longer period of time before it breaks. But uh, so just been working on I guess you know messing around with some grips on that too. So uh, you know everything you, you never stop trying to learn and, and trying to improve. And I, I think uh, you know it's it's going to be a good pitch for me. Uh, so yeah, just looking forward to. But the main thing is, yeah, if I can if I can put that thing where I want to, then then good things will happen. You're going to start in the pen for mm-hmm. the first week or so, but you're yeah. going to, the, the majority of your action is going to be as a starting mm-hmm. pitcher most likely this year. Uh, any different mindset for the first week as, as you kind of get yourself ready? Yeah, I, you know they, they they told me that I'll be in the pen at the start of the year, and I told them um, I'll do you know whatever I need to do to help the team win, and and um, it's it's going to be a little different for me. Um, that's why I lean on some of the older guys that are down in the pen, and uh, just to kind of see how to to get ready and that mindset because I've never I've never really done it. So uh, it's going to be a new challenge, and I'm looking forward to it. But then 
yeah, then I'll, I'll slot back in, you know, on the fifth day when it comes around. So, but for the time being, I'll uh, definitely lean on some of the guys that have been in the bullpen for a while. Going to be some cool moments coming up for you. Enjoy Thursday, then enjoy Monday, and, yeah. and soak it all in. Yeah, of course. It's it's not not everybody gets to experience uh, opening day, so it's definitely going to be a special time, and it's going to be pretty cool, you know, running out on the on the foul line for the for the first time on opening day in your career. Congrats again. Thank you very much. Okay, so you heard Woodruff talking about what it was like to make the team and how great of an honor this is for him. It's very cool and, and very excited for Brandon Woodruff. This is a guy with a high ceiling, has a chance to be a really good starter in Major League Baseball, uh, and hopefully that will happen this year. Hopefully the development continues and he takes that next step and becomes a really consistent performer in 2018. He and Brent Suter were actually roommates throughout spring training. And so when they both got the news within you know basically moments of each other that they were both going to be on the roster – it's a pretty big day. That night, they went out for dinner, except for it was breakfast for dinner. We'll talk to Brent Suter about that. Brent Suter is our guest here on Brewers on Tap, and uh, get your final tune-up so for the regular season on uh, Monday in Houston, and and you look good. You look like you got into it. The, the typical rhythm you get into, but uh, overall, it looked like your stuff played really well, too. Thanks. Yeah, it felt good. Uh, I feel like the humidity helped my ball. It kind of had more movement on it, and um, my off-speed was decent enough to kind of keep them off balance. So, yeah, it felt good. Uh, that's a really good lineup over there. So to kind of keep them in check for five innings in the leading up to the season felt good. It's a good, good tune-up, like you said. Were, were you glad you got to see that lineup right before the regular season begins so to, to, to really kind of give you that confidence going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I faced some pretty decent lines the last couple of times out, like kind of the A squads and against the Rangers and Mariners, but uh, this A squad's just as good as anybody else. So um, it was really battle of two, of the, in my opinion, two of the best lineups last night in baseball. So um, it was really, really good challenge and a good kind of, con- like you said, confidence booster going into the season saying, hey, my stuff plays even against the World Series champs. Every interview you do, I'm sure people talk to you about your tempo and how quick you work on the mound. It's it's a really signature thing for you. Every time we go to a, a different ballpark and, and a team sees you for the first time, the other announcers are looking at us going, this is unbelievable. This is the greatest <laughs> thing we've ever seen. Uh, for you, beyond that, though, you know, what are the things you work on in the offseason with your stuff and how it plays? You talked about you getting a little more cut on the ball with the humidity last night. Hey, you know, how big of a deal is that for you, not being a high-velocity guy? Yeah, my movement's uh, pretty pretty much my most important thing movement and location way more important to me than velocity uh so like i said with the added humidity last night it helped my cutter play up that much more and then it helped my change up and sinker kind of catch with the catch as well so i kind of had the x's going to both sides of the plate in terms of movement um and then yeah that's basically what i work on a lot in the offseason just getting making sure i have that natural cut and play and then working off that with the two seamer the change up and uh, even the breaking stuff kind of working off like a waterfall effect off that uh fastball tunnel so it's uh it's definitely i worked on that and a lot of strength and conditioning uh, because the third time through the order was a struggle for me last year so hopefully uh, i can eliminate the fatigue factor and just work on my pitches and be able to be as sharp the third time through the order as the first two you gained to weight in the offseason you bulked up a little bit what were the things that you did to help get yourself to the physical shape you're in right now yeah well the brewers program is great um and i just kind of followed that online i had a gym down in my basement and would just kind of my whole day revolved around it pretty much i would wake up set a timer three hours after i woke up i would get in there and get after it and then i just eat a lot of protein a lot of peanut butter hummus and uh, cottage cheese were kind of like my main snack dippers or if you will and uh yeah so i just 
ate a lot, lifted a lot, ran a lot, kind of just worked hard. And, and you're not that cerebral of a guy, so I'm sure you didn't do a lot of reading and research on your own, right? <laughs> I did some research, but yeah, <laughs> did some research. But they also, we have a great nutritionist. We have a great uh, program with our trainers and our, our strength staff. They do a great job of providing us with supplements and nutrition information and all that. So it it's really makes it a lot easier. Brent Suter is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. This was your second time through big league camp from the standpoint of having a shot to make the club. Last year you had a shot to make club. Didn't happen. You knew you were going to be up, and you were up right away, basically. How did that experience in 2017 help you come into 2018 and secure a gig? Yeah, it helped a lot. Um, just kind of getting used to the the underlying kind of stress or whatever of spring training like there's a there's definite um there's an impact on your performance or your performance impacts your decision at the end of the year or their decision of you so uh, just kind of getting used to that kind of the pressure environment but at the same time having fun with it and embracing it as a good competition and getting everyone better so uh, last year really helped a lot and i'm so grateful to be on the opening day roster this year it's a dream come true it's awesome you were a roommate with Brandon Woodruff this spring, and there's a lot made about you guys going out to celebrate at the diner afterwards and, and having breakfast for dinner type of deal. Um, you know, I, we had Brandon on the on the podcast as well this week, and I, and I failed to ask him, uh, you know, what he ordered. And I know that you had breakfast for dinner. We had a big conversation on the broadcast on Monday on whether or not both of you had breakfast for dinner. And we, were, we, we couldn't remember if Brandon also had breakfast for dinner so if you could clear that up for us he did he had uh, breakfast tacos with some hash browns yeah he had a he had a good breakfast for dinner sure and, and <laughs> since you made team was it extra syrup like did you treat yourself i got a little extra syrup on that pancake yeah, yeah. a little extra syrup on there and some extra butter for sure <laughs> what, what was your reaction when you got the news that you're gonna be in the rotation start the season uh very you know very grateful kind of like uncontainable you know happiness and uh just started busting out a huge smile and like you know pumping my fist in the meeting with uh, Counts and Stern. So, yeah, it was really uh, it was really fun and good, a good memorable moment. You, you probably feel like you've been around a little bit now. This is your third year that you'll play in the, in the big leagues. You made your debut at the end of the 2016 season in August in Seattle. And then, of course, we're up and down a bunch of times over the course of last year. But yet, this is your first opening day. Mm -hmm. Does that seem kind of weird? Because you probably don't feel like a like a total fresh rookie at this point in time. Um, it's it's a little weird in that like I almost have a year of service time, and that yeah. this might yeah, it's a little bit weird, but it's uh, really awesome. I mean, you experience new things every day in this game, um, and this is one of those new experiences that I'll remember for the rest of my life for sure. Brent, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Here's what's on tap. Okay, here's what's on tap. Well, opening day is literally within hours at this point. So opening day in San Diego is upon us. And it's going to be cool because Trevor Hoffman, who's going into the Hall of Fame this year, former longtime San Diego Padre, but also a former brewer, he's going to be throwing out the first pitch, which is really cool that the brewers are in town for this. So he's going to throw out the first pitch on Thursday. Craig Council and he, very close friends, they were teammates. Trevor Hoffman bought Craig Council a lawnmower. Craig Council still uses that lawnmower. Like, very close, very cool deal. And so that's going to start the season off. How cool is that? It's going to be pretty exciting, actually. So opening day Thursday, Friday, Saturday games, all in San Diego. Brewers get on a plane. They head home. They have Easter Sunday off. And then, of course, starting on Monday. That's the home opener, April 2nd, home opener against the St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals in town, and the Cubs in town for four. What a great way to start off the home schedule with two big 
in division rivals in the Cardinals and the Cubs. Okay, here's what else we want to let you know about. The new Brewer season set to get underway this week, but there is time to still secure your Brewers Flex 10-pack. This is new and improved from what it's been in the past. You can allocate your 10 tickets any way you like across a selection of 52 contests. So here, here's an example for you. With two 10-packs, you can use five tickets for one game, three for a different contest, six tickets for another matchup, and save the remaining six as ticket vouchers redeemable up to the date of each game. Plus, as that cherry on top, you can choose any game on the Brewers 2018 home schedule as your free 11th game. There's a bonus game in there. How cool is that? To get started on your Flex 10-pack, visit Brewers.com slash 10-packs. Uh, don't forget about group tickets on sale as well. If you want to get started on that, Brewers.com slash groups. I'm talking about tickets, that packages that can start as low as $5 per ticket if you bring a group of 25 or more to the game. And then, of course, it's opening week. We just told you. Cardinals and Cubs coming to town. Monday, April 2nd, that's the home opener. Getting your seats early. Make sure you're out there tailgating, having fun. It's going to be a great time. That three-game series with the Cardinals runs through the 4th, and then the Cubs from the 5th through the 8th. You can still get your seats for opening week, brewers.com slash tickets, where you want to go for that. And they just announced, coming up, this is way out on the horizon, but August 4th, Sandlot theme night with a great Hambino bobblehead. Going to screen Sandlot after the game. <laughs> I can tell you right now, myself and my family, my kids, they're going to be at that one. That is really cool. The Brewers, of course, took the Sandlot and made it even more relevant uh, with their 20th anniversary with uh, the cool skit with Eric Sogard and Jet Bandy and Christian Yelich and Brett Phillips and Hank the Dog. And so... Uh, very timely that that comes out as well. Okay, that's going to do it for us. This has been episode number 110. The regular season is upon us. Thank you for joining us. I'm Lane Grindle.